Welcome in, folks, to the Scouting Report episode here at the uh, end of the week during the holidays. Happy New Year's to you folks as we are now in 2021 when you are going to be listening to this. As I said, this is our Scouting Report episode that we typically do on Saturdays. We decided to get this show to you a day early like we did the previous week. And as we typically do on these episodes, we break down and analyze an NFL draft prospect that could be on the radar for the New York Giants. The player we will be doing today is Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida, or in some cases, some consider him to maybe being a very big wide receiver. The uh, the big man from Florida for the Gators is six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds, and he has been a serious problem for any defense that he has faced this entire year and we want to talk about this guy and we're going to explain a little bit later on why he should be in the conversation for the Giants to possibly draft him if they're maybe sitting in that mid-tier range but overall what you see with Kyle Pitts is a fantastic fluid athlete for a tight end he almost doesn't look like a tight end when you watch him on film he is a guy to me that looks like a really big receiver that was just asked to play the tight end position because he was bigger than everybody else first a six foot six guy he he looks as if he was a smaller receiver he moves that quality of um that quality of way that he's able to effectively get downfield because he's such a good athlete Yeah, he really is. In fact, I would argue that Kyle Trask, Florida's quarterback, looks more like a tight end than Kyle Pitts does. And I mean that in the best way possible, best way possible. We are seeing at the college level and especially at the NFL level how tight ends are being used as weapons in the passing game. You see uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, uh, obviously Rob Gronkowski going back a ways, Aaron Hernandez, uh, Jimmy Graham. All of these, you know, they call them hybrid tight ends. Well, Kyle Pitts might be the ultimate hybrid tight end. In fact, I I think there is an argument that he could or should be considered just a receiver straight up. You know, as you said, six foot six, two forty. He carries that weight extremely well. He is very lean. He doesn't have any bad excess weight at all. He doesn't look like an undersized offensive tackle who can catch the ball a little bit he is an athlete and he is just naturally fluid despite his size he has an ability to win with his route running that you just do not see from most tight ends at any level he has that ability to play with a little bit of wiggle to suggest cuts and breaks that he's not going to make with his feet with his hips he has the ability to stick a leg in the ground and break suddenly or drop his hips and cut sharply. And he is actually able to separate from cornerbacks with his route running, which is something you just do not see from tight ends. Yeah, and you pointed out here, which I thought was a good note, if you look at him physically, he does not remind me very much as a tight end. And it also makes a lot of sense there for why some people believe he might actually be better off being used more as a receiver. And again, we're going to touch on that soon. But overall, you're talking about that route running. I think he has an uncanny rare ability to run routes as a tight end. They moved him around a ton. They weren't just 
telling him to play at the line of scrimmage. Instead, what they were doing was moving him outside. He was basically playing their X receiver role on some plays. He was playing out of the slot. He did play on the line of scrimmage. He did put his hand in the dirt, but he was much better off when you put him in one-on-one situations, especially against corners. I think he did a fantastic job against a lot of corners that maybe were a similar speed to him, he was able to create enough separation. And because he's so big and he's so long, he can then extend and he can make really good plays on the football in these contested catch situations. To me, that's his biggest strength there is creating a little bit of separation and then using his big, strong frame to out-muscle a lot of corners, similar to what we see with some of these bigger receivers in the NFL, kind of like a Mike Evans, who is built like a tight end. He's the same height and weight as a tight end, but he plays the receiver position because his traits are more comparable to that of a receiver. Yeah, and having that massive catch radius, Yeah, really any defender who is athletic enough and fluid enough to keep up with a player like this, like uh, Kyle Pitts or Mike Evans, Chase Claypool, one of these guys who is six foot four, six, six, uh, 230 to 240, but still have that athleticism and fluidity of a much smaller receiver, a guy maybe six foot or six one, you know, any defender who can keep up with them through their route is not going to be big enough, strong enough, long enough to compete at the catch point and you know as we've seen with chase claypool with mike evans that is just a tremendous advantage for the offense yeah when you have a player that big and that athletic it creates some serious mismatches against cornerbacks and against linebackers but particularly in this situation it makes sense why florida was willing to put him out wide was because you know, he could blow past a linebacker, but why not take away a corner, possibly the the opposing team's best corner, by asking him to line up out wide and then play one-on-one coverage with him? He's that good of an athlete. He is that consistent of a receiver. The only thing that I think we need to acknowledge here when evaluating him as a prospect, it's very clear to me that he's not a very good blocker. And in some cases, guys that don't block well in the NFL – can get, or sorry, in college can get better when they reach the NFL. But, and I'm not saying that Pitts is terrible at it and he shouldn't do it. I just don't think it's, it's that great. Like I think that his attempts at blocking for me are not worth asking him to play on the line of scrimmage too much. Just seeing the way that he played in college where he was pushed around a little bit. I think when you put him in the NFL and you ask him to chip on a guy like um, Miles Garrett or Jadeveon Clowney, I don't know if he's going to have very much success. He might get thrown around. He's going to easily get pushed out of the way. I'd rather use a guy that is bigger and more effective at that and continue to do what Florida did so well with him, which is putting him out wide, putting him in these one-on-one situations, and having him just be your really big receiver. Yeah, I, I think really the only reason to line Kyle Pitts up like a tight end or H-back is to force that mismatch on the defense is force them to try to cover him with a linebacker because yeah except for maybe some of the these big hybrid safety linebacker players they they don't make defenders to cover him like they, it those that type of athlete is just so rare and most of them are playing tight end anyway so that i think is the only reason to line pits up at one of those positions because honestly, if you're asking him to block, you are not using him as a receiver. So you are 
basically ignoring the whole reason to draft him, especially where he is going to be drafted. You know, I, I did see a couple decent blocks from him. Uh, the one against Georgia where he did kind of explode into a linebacker, uh, got the guy back on his heels, and I believe the running back actually went behind cut went behind Pitts and had a decent game. But those were very rare. More often than not, he was a pest for linebackers. He was a guy who could kind of sort of get in position, kind of sort of get and stay in the way a little bit. But as you say, he gets pushed around. He can get thrown around by defensive linemen. His technique isn't great. You know, he really lets his elbows flare out when he's engaging blockers. Uh, he doesn't play with awesome leverage. You know, he tends to let his hips and pads rise. So he is, he doesn't have a whole lot to work with to start with, and then he doesn't utilize what he has all that well. And I would also say on, on his pull blocks, those look downright hesitant. It, it almost looks like, looks like he's playing patty cake with the defensive lineman when he pulls around the offensive formation. So really, if you're going to have him on the field, you should be sending him out into a route. Anything else is a waste. Exactly. And, and one of the interesting other comps, just to wrap this up before we hit the break, Another comp that you really see a lot for him is Darren Waller, who isn't really a very good blocker, but it was because he was a former receiver and they asked him to move to tight end and he's so big and he's such a good athlete. They asked him to do a lot of different things receiving wise, and he has been so successful. And I think you could get that same level of production with Kyle Picks, uh, Kyle Pitts. We're going to talk about his pro projection and why he might be a really good fit for the Giants in this upcoming draft very soon. Chris, I, I was trying to rationalize and think of the best argument here for why I think Kyle Pitts could make a really good player for this team. And I think the better way to describe it, you already have Evan Ingram. You, he might stick around. They might decide to keep him. And if you do so, I think the the argument for bringing in Kyle Pitts, even if you do, is he's not necessarily a tight end, in my opinion. And we already talked about this for the first half of the show. He doesn't necessarily have to come in and do the same things that Evan Ingram does. I would argue that Kyle Pitts is more of a receiver than Evan Ingram is. And imagine having two fantastic athletes like that in your receiving group. Right now, the Giants' biggest issue offensively is that they just straight up lack weapons. They lack guys that can have huge games. They've got decent players. Sterling Shepard's a pretty good receiver. Golden Tate is has uh, regressed for the most part. Uh, Darius Slayton has proven to be an explosive, quick, big play threat, but you need more de facto players that can have a ton of receptions, can be targeted a lot. And I think if you bring in a guy like Kyle Pitts, you can get creative with him. You can, you don't have to ask him to just come in and play on the line of scrimmage a lot. Like for some reason they tend to do with Evan Ingram. You could bring him in and use him as that X de facto big wide receiver. I know that's not like a guarantee that wherever he ends up, that's going to happen, but he is a player that can move around all over the place and turn into a, a problem for a lot of defenses. Oh, oh, definitely. And that is that is how, if the Giants draft Kyle Pitts, how he should be used. But this is also one of the things where every year I wind up getting just frustrated and disappointed because I could, I could come up with a bunch of really interesting schematic ideas of how to use Evan Ingram and Kyle Pitts together in an offense. If you ran a 12 personnel package, that was effectively a 10 personnel package with these two hyper athletic tight ends who are dangerous, dangerous receiving threats and matchup nightmares. 
but then ran a basically a spread offense where you're forcing the defense to either a, play a heavy package because you've got a two tight two tight ends on the field, or they play a light package and spread them out. That makes a defense ripe for the running game. So there are a ton of options if you're willing to get creative. And if we're being honest, the, right now the best offenses in the NFL are the ones that are unconventional, the ones like the Arizona Cardinals, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, where they take personnel that you do not see often in a classic NFL offense and employ them in ways that defenses just are not built to stop. The Giants definitely have problems on their offense. They need receiving threats. And if you could take a Kyle Pitts, and like I said, I think there is a definite argument to be made that he should be, even if he's drafted as a tight end, he should be on draft boards and considered as wide receiver two behind Jamar Chase. And if you have that guy who is 6'6", 240, runs and runs routes like a wide receiver, and you could pair him with Evan Ingram, with Saquon Barkley, and then with Sterling Shepard as your dependable safety blanket and Darius Slayton as your uh, maybe a, a deep threat wide receiver three, your, your Miles Austin, then, you know, then you could have something. You could have an unconventional offense that defenses just cannot match up with. To wrap up today's show, we're just going to fill you in really quickly on the games that you can expect this weekend, the big games, the most important ones, the teams that are the the top-ranked matchups coming in. So just to quickly run through them, Friday's games, Georgia is facing Cincinnati. That game is at 12 p.m. on ESPN. Then the college football playoff, Notre Dame, Alabama, 4 p.m. ESPN, and then Clemson, Ohio State. That one is at 8 o'clock p.m. on ESPN, and then 4 Saturday, the next day, you can tune in and watch Oregon-Iowa State at 4 and Texas A&M-UNC. So if you're looking for some games to watch, make sure you tune into those as there is a fantastic lineup of games this weekend. Folks, thank you for tuning in. As always, uh, stay tuned for our next show, which will be coming out after we know the fate of the New York Giants playoff situation. Be sure to follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon at Raptor MKII, and at Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram. Additionally, head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Lastly, please, um, sorry, lastly, make sure you stay tuned again on Sunday for our next show, Breaking Down What Happens with the New York Giants.